So we kind of messed up. We messed up in two ways. <laughs> Mess up number one. Uh, well, this kind of wasn't our fault as such, but Sony is keeping the PlayStation 3 and Vita store around. You may think to yourself, they spoke about this ages ago. Yes, but this is mess up number two. We expected that mm-hmm. we were going to need to do two episodes in June because mm-hmm. it's, all of the rumors were suggesting that uh, Nintendo were going to surprise drop a Switch Pro. That has not happened. And so here's our E3 episode instead. <laughs> there's no there's no Switch Pro episode because they didn't do it. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if we want to spend much time talking about this, but I guess they're just going to wait. Mm. Can I just say that I'm the least surprised person in the room here and that I did say that they have absolutely no need whatsoever to drop mm. a new product and that no, they right. haven't reduced their price. And You did say that. Uh, and I'm not saying that they won't just drop the Switch Pro next week, for example. But for me, it was always about until the benefit of cost reductions in manufacture outweigh any upside from selling the current Switch at its current price happens, yep. that there's absolutely no need for them to do that because the content at the moment is still absolutely killer for the switch. Yep. Actually, let's let's we were going to start by talking about Microsoft. But this feels like a nice way to actually just talk about Nintendo. And we can talk about some of the specific games. Um but I actually think looking at what they showed off, there isn't there isn't an immediate need to have a pro system. Like, I could genuinely imagine them waiting until Zelda Mm. for the Switch Pro. Like, what I said, there were a couple of games in that kind of showcase of like, hey, look at these uh, third-party games that we're getting. And some of them, like, for example, the new Guardians of the Galaxy game, like, that's going to run real bad on the current Switch. Yes. Um. And so, like, I could imagine maybe there, but I don't know how much of a priority that game is specifically for Nintendo. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But I basically, they showed off a bunch of stuff. There was a bunch of interesting stuff. I don't really feel like I saw anything coming in 2021, which suggests to me that a 4K Switch is needed. Um, hmm. I feel like the new Metroid game, which, by the way, I want to talk about because I was mm-hmm. like I couldn't believe what I was seeing I kind of feel like those screenshots they look a little more polished than I was expecting from a regular Nintendo Switch like it could be that you know the team at Nintendo and, and Mercury Stream which is the studio helping out Nintendo for this Metroid game it could be that they really know how to maximize performance on the current Switch model but I don't know that game looked w- really really surprisingly polished from screenshots and videos um i don't know i still i still feel like given all the rumors like given our you know given all the smoke there must be a fire somewhere and i really do believe that it's happening this year and this holiday season because like it when you think about it i know that i know that nintendo doesn't necessarily care about like having 4k games and and um, you know um specs right we've been mm-hmm. talking about this for ages on the show 
But the current switch, like, I, I'm starting to feel like the battery doesn't last as long as it used to. And there's always been the issues with the Joy-Cons. And it's not 4K. And, you know, we've seen better screens and better displays. Like, the hardware is starting to feel a little old to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like it's been four years. I think people would be up for a new version this holiday season. I think the hardware felt old four years ago. Th- right? That's true. That's that's a very good point. Yeah, But the novelty of it... Exactly. Right? Made up for it, didn't it? M- made up for it. And you're saying now that, um, that the novelty has kind of waned a little in its significance and you just want a refresh for the sake of a refresh? Like a better display, you know? I'd like that too. What about an OLED? Oh, I mean, imagine that. That would be incredible, right? Yeah. With Joy-Cons that don't drift, right? That's got to be something that they they fix. I don't know how or why they haven't already, but like I feel like that's got to be a thing. So I, I feel like... the. The switch is still unique enough that I don't think I mean there's there's nothing like it, right? So I don't I don't think Nintendo is at risk of being copied anytime soon by anyone, really. But I feel like keep the same idea, but introduce a few changes to make the experience a little nicer. So mm-hmm. a better display, mm-hmm. better battery, you know, better graphics, because you know, why not? And, you know, fix the Joy-Con drift issue or add proper support for Bluetooth headphones, for example. You know, all these quality of life improvements that I feel like after four years, it kind of makes sense to have those kinds of things. In the same concept, in the same idea, right? I think I'll stand by what I said about the games, but I, I, I still think they will have a new Switch available for the holidays. It's, it's just time anyway, you know, it's, it's, about the, about the right time to do it. The, the hardware could do with it. And I think that the Nintendo Switch now is in a different place to the Nintendo home console when the Nintendo Switch launched in the sense of, like, if you remember, we were talking when the Nintendo Switch came out and we were like, oh, man, to really nail this, they have to get some third-party support, at least something. And like, and it was like a big deal when EA were bringing some games to the Switch, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, EA's coming back to Nintendo. And now, it's like, I actually think most game companies would love to bring their game, to the, their multi-platform game to the Switch because there's so friggin' many of them, right? Yes. Which is why stuff like that, I think it's Ubisoft Guardians of the Galaxy game. Is it Ubisoft? Um... Hmm. It's but either it's, Ubisoft or Warner. I can't remember which. Yeah, I think so. I, oh man, that's going to frustrate me. I will find this out. Um, but that that game, uh, that is Square Enix, which is Square Enix. That yes, was, yes. Oh. I remember now. I was like, oh, okay, Edos Montreal is making the yes. game. Um, and it, you know, if they nail it, this could be really interesting because what it isn't is a movie tie-in game in the sense of like, whilst it's based on those characters they're using new voice character voice actors different character models kind of like that marvel's event uh avengers yeah, game it's based on that tech i believe yeah. it's still based on the same engine as the avengers game so which didn't you know, really do well by the way but it, yeah. got, it got mixed reviews yeah. 
uh, and actually ended up with more positive than people were initially expecting, but there was still a lot of negative. But this seems much more a campaign-focused game. Um, I think so, yeah. But, you know, like, they obviously want to put that on the Switch, but, like, I mean, I've played Switch ports, you know, and Switch ports can be a real friggin' mess. Mm-hmm. And that's when they've taken time Right to like not not that like we're launching with it, but like it's like two years later and they've taken the time and it doesn't work right. So I think more powerful hardware would be of help. Anyway, going back to Nintendo at E3. Yes. Um, anyway, we didn't get a new Switch. So no, no new on. Switch. And you know, this was a I would say a better than I would have expected E3 from Nintendo. Yeah. It was a lot of what you do expect. Like here's a bunch of games you don't care about, right? I mean, and that's the yes. same for everyone. And your list of games, you know, games you don't care about will differ for, for different people. But there was a lot of stuff and they were showing us some things that uh, are coming later. I was, in regards to new games, I was excited about a new WarioWare game, which is a yes. co-op game. It's coming in September. I've always been a fan of the WarioWare games. And I think a new kind of party style game from Nintendo like this is good. You can play single player too, I believe. Yeah, yeah, but they have the co-op, right? And I think that's yes. like the together part of it. Yeah. Uh, Mario and Rabbids, there's a sequel to that, Sparks of Hope coming in 2022. The mm-hmm. biggest change being free movement on the battlefield. So like you would, it was like a grid-based um, tactical game before. Right. And now there's more, I think you're still within a boundary, but you can move freely within that boundary. Like XCOM, I yeah. think. Sort of like that model, yeah. And I'm super into it because I enjoyed that game a lot. It surprised me how good it was. Um, and I'm really excited to see more in that world. Uh, we'll talk about Metroid in a minute. Uh, well, Federico, we'll talk about Metroid in a minute. <laughs> uh, Breath of the Wild 2. I mean, this was the one I wanted yes. to see the most from. Yes. Um, I wanted this year. Yeah, but it's n- not happening this year. It's it's a 2022 game, and I bet that's a holiday 2022 game. Yeah, it's not going to be that's like killer. February because they just said 2022. It's like, oh man, that's that's your holiday yeah. season game. Mm-hmm. It looks fantastic. I mean, I'm all about more in that world. It seemed like from the trailer, new abilities, that kind of stuff. I'm into it. I'm just really bummed about how long I have to wait for it. It looks fantastic, and I think um, the, the there's a lot of things that that grabbed my attention, like the opening shot, uh, the one with Link flying down to Earth from the yep. sky that a lot of people made fun of, like, oh, it's Fortnite, right? <laughs> it kind of looks like that. Um, I think there's an interesting parallels between that shot and the opening shot of Skyward Sword, which is being remade, and it's actually coming out in like three weeks on the Switch, and I cannot wait. Uh, but Skyward Sword which was also set in the sky, uh, opens exactly like, like that with Link um, sort of falling falling down to Earth. Uh, so there's some interesting parallels there. And also in Skyward Sword, there's Zelda falling um, down into a hole and there's the same shot in the in the so far unnamed Breath of the Wild sequel, uh, which, which I, I think is fascinating. And the general impression is that they've taken the world of, of Breath of the Wild They've changed, of course, a few things, but they're doing some interesting changes. And I think some of the internet speculations, which are going wild as we speak, I think some of them are onto something in the sense that Nintendo is playing around with timelines again. I think what we've seen in the trailer, it leads you to think that you're looking at the same link throughout the same trailer. 
I don't think the link that you see in the sky is actually link. I don't think the link with the, you know, with the one shoulder tunic and the weird robotic arm, I don't think that is link. Um, and I think some of the theories, which I can probably find some videos, like some some uh, sort of explanations on YouTube. Polygon has like a whole huge Polygon collection, has, and I'll put Polygon, that in the show notes. Yes, put that. Thank you. Uh, basically, the idea is Nintendo is digging is digging deeper into the lore of Breath of the Wild, the original game. Um, if you spent a lot of time playing the original, you you may remember some sort of hints of a backstory that was left there in the game. Some mentions of an ancient hero, for example, um, that, you know, in, in the in the story of the original game, this ancient hero um, sort of just appeared to save Hyrule like a thousand years ago. And there's some interesting parallels between how that ancient hero was um, displayed in that sort of a story trailer inside Breath of the Wild and how this new quote-unquote link looks like in the in the in the trailer for the sequel um also the idea that in the original game uh there were a lot of mentions of this ancient tribe called the zonai and the zonai uh some architectural elements from that uh lost civilization can be seen again in the new in the breath of the wild sequel um footage that we have so i think nintendo is most definitely playing around with um you know, sort of going back to, uh, you know, uh, Ocarina of Time, for example, and A Link to the Past. There's a long tradition in the Zelda series regarding um, Nintendo uh, playing around with the idea of timelines and different uh, time periods within the same game. And I think it's fascinating if they're going to do this again um, in the Breath of the Wild sort of universe. I think that is going to look amazing because you will have this giant, like, uh, free to explore open world that now spans, in theory, multiple timelines and multiple sort of levels on on the ground on Earth and in the sky. And I think if all these theories are correct, and some of these theories are a little too sort of a uh, you know wish casting, uh, but some of them I think that they're definitely onto something. And Nintendo likes to um, likes to leave this bits you know of of signals and hints in their trailers oh they do it purposely yes none of this stuff is an accident no it isn't and i think um the scope of this game like i wouldn't be surprised if it's gonna be much much bigger than what we saw in breath of the wild which was already a massive game no i think i think that's one of the things that i mean the trailer didn't necessarily show this but i I think this is going to be a bigger, more complex game for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. One, mm-hmm. a lot of the work is done, right? Yes. Because it, it is based on the original. And I'm sure that Nintendo were able to assign all of the budget that they needed for this game yeah. because yep. the original was such a success. Shahid, as what I'm saying, does that pass your kind of uh, uh, sense filter? They have absolutely no need to rush this. Yeah. They have, as you say, that the best thing that can ever happen to a company that makes video game software is you have a hit with the first take of something. I mean, all right, the the series itself is old, but the game execution itself was new. Mm -hmm. And you get it right, and you get it as right as Nintendo did. My goodness, do you want to base as much stuff as possible Mm -hmm. off it? But here's the problem Nintendo faces. It was so good. It was so genre-defining good, 
era-defining good, that they daren't take any shortcuts with it. Yeah, which yeah. means they'll take as long as they need. And every time you do that, you run the risk of the game appearing slightly dated, and therefore not living up to the expectations of the players. So, my question would be. Given that Nintendo are in the habit of releasing stuff that comes out towards the end of a platform's life and towards the beginning of a new platform's life and then have to hurriedly ensure it's a launch game for the next platform, and given that we know that the technology is beginning to feel a little bit dated in the eyes and the minds of real devotees like our friend Federico and yourself too, Mike, I must say, it's not like I'm not a Nintendo fan. Of course I'm a Nintendo fan. Who isn't? But it gets to a point, right, where you are now two generations behind in terms of hardware, and people are beginning to look over their shoulders and think, okay, we we don't rely on hardware sophistication, but the gap between what looks amazing on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and what looks amazing on a Switch in, say, the back end of 2022 is going to be ginormous. Mm-hmm. And in the the fight for the hearts and minds of people who love video games, no matter what their preference, when it plays out on websites, on YouTube, on Twitch, it's going to, it's going to have an effect. You know, you're going to look at it and you're going to think that looks great, but this latest thing on PlayStation or Xbox looks so much better. I don't know. So my, my question would be, Yes, they're going to make a success of it. Yes, it's going to be brilliant, but they'll take their time over it. Do they announce this for their next hardware? Mm. I mean, I think the hardware comes before or with it. I think what Shahid is saying is we need to keep in mind that Breath of the Wild was also a Wii U game. Exactly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of tend to forget this information. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess the, the question would also be is this rumored Switch Pro, Switch, you know, whatever upgrade? Like, is a is it an upgrade the same way the PS4 Pro was an upgrade that was obviously backwards? Like, it was a PlayStation oh, 4. Uh, th- without right? a shadow of a doubt, that's what this is. It, it's just a, it's the Switch with more power. Like, right. games that are made for the Switch will play on both. I can't imagine this only plays on Switch Pro, right? Like, I don't, I don't mm, think that's what we're right. getting here. That's like Switch Two, and that's not this, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to think, honestly. Um, because they've said that this game is launching 2022, and everyone seems convinced that the Switch Pro is ready and in production, actually, mm-hmm. and launching anytime. So I really don't know what to think here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though if maybe, I don't know, I was about to say, maybe the new Breath of the Wild has some, like, exclusive features for the Switch Pro. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, it could just be a graphical thing. Just a graphical upgrade. Which might be enough, you know. Yeah. Uh, So one of the things I really love about Nintendo is how honest they are compared to Mm. other video game companies. Or, Or should I say forthright? So, for example, we come to the Metroid section and they're like, Hey, we're still working on that. Do you remember Metroid 4? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still working on that, guys. 
You know, like I just like yeah. it. You know, I appreciate it. I like that they say, please bear with us. You know, I love all that kind of stuff. They started over on that game two years ago, yeah. almost. It had I already been in development, right? And then yep. they were like, this isn't working. Had they, <laughs> no. they had announced it as well, right? Like they announced they it was said, coming and then they yes. were like, LOL, JK, this sucks. And we they need to said, start again. <laughs> we're, we're starting over again with uh, Retro Studios, I believe, once again. And we're yeah. sort of... A, taking over and we're starting over so it's gonna be a while um yeah so but they have metroid 5 so yes so <laughs> uh it's funny because it's it it doesn't really i guess it's it's the official sort of fifth installment in the metroid timeline uh but yes um this is obviously not like the fifth metroid game I believe they mean five in the sense of where it sits in the official sort of Metroid um, canon, uh, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so Metroid Dread, uh, as soon as I saw the name, I kind of I chuckled because um, I don't know if you remember, but I want to say 15, 16 years ago, I was still buying video game magazines. Yeah. And I, I remember, I distinctly remember the rumors of a Metroid Dread coming to the Nintendo DS, maybe? Something like that. Um, Metroid Dread was even referenced in Metroid Prime 3 Corruption for the Nintendo Wii. So we're talking 2006 or something. 2007. Uh, 2007, there you go. The title so, Metroid Dread first appeared on a 2005 internal Nintendo software list of, quote, yeah. key DS games to be announced in the future. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And the idea was, uh, if you remember when you... Uh, do you remember when you when you bought a Nintendo DS, one of the first demos was the weird uh, stylus-controlled yep. Metroid Prime Hunters? Yeah. Um, and, and the idea was, oh, they're making a, a game called Metroid Dread, that, that is going to be like a follow-up to this. Uh, this but... was one of the early games. Like There was an early style of game that Nintendo were trying to make with the DS that didn't yeah. stick around, which was <laughs> the stylus is the, is like controls the camera in a yeah. first-person shooter. Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not St good. <laughs> Stop trying to make the stylus happen. Nintendo. It's not happening. <laughs> uh, in, in any case, um, so uh, Metroid Dread, uh, it's launching in October. Uh, it's been worked on by Nintendo with the help of Mac Mercury Stream. So Mercury Stream, they also worked on the Samus Returns uh, game for the Nintendo 3DS. Um, Samus Returns was the remake of Metroid 2 from the original Game Boy. And it was a pretty good game. I would say it's a class. It was a standard 2D Metroid game. Overall, very well received. Some folks, like some Metroid purists, um, didn't necessarily like the introduction of a melee move um, that basically bought sort of a like direct combat to um, 2D Metroid games. But overall, it looked really amazing and it was fun. And I played the game on my 3DS and it was great. So what makes Metroid Dread really fascinating to me is a couple of things. First, it's set in the in the Metroid storyline. It is set immediately after Metroid Fusion. Uh, so Fusion was an excellent one of the one of my favorite Metroid games from the Game Boy Advance, which, by the way, is turning twenty this week. Um, and I know because I, I texted Mike this morning yeah. saying, "Hey, can't believe it's been twenty years of the GBA." But yeah, so Old. it's set immediately after Fusion, and it's this game. 
based on the idea of um, Samus needs to escape from these robots, um, from this sort of AI called the what's it called the the Lemmy something like that maybe. Uh, anyway, there's these robots that are chasing uh, Samus, and um, and so the uh, Nintendo and Mercury Stream they added. Uh, a bunch of new abilities, such as an invisible cloak, for example, that makes you invisible to enemies. And it seems like, based on marketing materials from the website, they are going to dive even deeper into the Metroid lore and the sort of the overall universe and the backstories of um, Samus and the Space Pirates and the Confederation, like all this sort of stuff. They're going to dig deeper into the story, which I'm fascinated by. We'll see how that goes. Here's my thing on this game, right? And I do not mean this disparagingly, but mm-hmm. this game would be on the handheld system. What do you mean? If Nintendo still had a handheld system... Oh, like, yeah, totally. It, yes. This would be on that system. This is the second system Metroid game, right? This is like... This is the... the yes, the sort of smaller scope Metroid game. Like, if you if you were to draw a parallel here... This is the Metroid Fusion on the GBA to Metroid Prime on the GameCube, mm-hmm. right? But now that there's a unified system, we get to play both kinds of games on the same yeah. console. And they make so, it, I mean, it looks beautiful. It like, looks beautiful. But it is that yes. Metroidvania side-scrolling style. But yes. this they wouldn't have made, you know, two games for the GameCube or whatever, right? It's just like, well, we have right. two systems, we'll put one on each. But now it's like, well, we like making these types of games, so we'll make both of them. Yes. But yes. clearly this game was not supposed to come out, I, I would expect, before Metroid 4 in the original plan, but such is yeah. life sometimes. Yeah. I'm just so happy we're seeing <laughs> news on the Metroid front again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it's potentially like if, if Nintendo... Um, pushes this game in, in marketing like it's going to expose a brand new audience to the Metroid franchise which, you know, most people I guess, most Switch owners they know Metroid because of what, um, Samus being a, a playable Smash. character in Super Smash? Yeah. Like, okay. Um, so I, I'm just so happy that they're making a 2D Metroid game again. I kind of like the fact that they're mixing old concepts like the backtracking and the the weapon upgrades with new ideas like the invisible cloak the new spider wall sort of move uh so there's there's new things which i think is good for metroid and um and i'm just so happy that that this game exists and i'm very happy also of the uh, sort of overarching theme from the uh nintendo direct at e3 which is a re-evaluation of the GBA era, right? Because we're seeing uh, Metroid Dread. It's a it's a sequel to Metroid Fusion uh, from the GBA. Um, they're 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 doing WarioWare again, mm-hmm. which obviously launched on the GBA, and I think the best games were on the GBA. Was Mario Golf on the Game Boy Advance? Uh, yeah, Maybe. it was. I yeah, and that's it was. coming out yes. like in a couple of weeks. It's coming out about. They are remaking the first two Advance Wars game games. Like, yeah. ad, I'm, like, Advance Wars, like, such a fantastic series that sort of was forgotten in time, and now it's coming back to the Switch with new graphics and new, like, sort of, it's, it's a remake. 
I don't know anyone who's serious about video games who isn't really excited about this coming to Switch. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's a remaster of a really, really old game, but it's one of those reference titles. I remember certainly yeah. in at PlayStation, there wasn't a single one of the games games analysts, you know, who whose job it was to um to evaluate games from across the board, not just the ones that were coming into PlayStation, but they were hugely well informed about games everywhere as they had to be mm-hmm. there wasn't a single one who didn't think of advanced wars as one of the greatest pieces of work mm-hmm. on on any platform ever so yeah i mean and i know loads of people who are just so excited about this although it wasn't my cup of tea i'm sufficiently moved by the opinions of my peers yeah. to recognize this as an important event even if it isn't really a, a big massive evolution yeah. I mean, you could argue that it's actually cynical, you know, in the absence of new stuff, let's just bring back this thing that everyone wants. It's <laughs> it's kind of a cynical move, you know, yeah. but still, still people buy it. Before we move on from Nintendo, I, maybe we can touch on some things that we didn't get. Um, again, like, look, of course, who knows, hardware, blah, blah, blah. I cannot mm-hmm. believe there is nothing about Mario Kart. I just right? cannot fathom. I know. Isn't Mario Kart still like one of, if not the top selling game on the Switch? I believe it is the top selling game on the Switch. And it was a remaster. It's a a Wii U game. It was a Wii U game. Like it didn't even really do anything for it. Why is they not like, I don't understand why they're not putting all their resources into Mario Kart. As Shahid will say, they don't need to. It's still selling so well. Yeah. yeah, but you could sell a new one to all the people that have already yeah. bought that one. I, you've surely made your money back on Mario Kart Eight, yeah, right? Like, come on, Mike. Your argument is a really good one, and it's one I'm increasingly subscribing to. In general, as you can probably tell, I'm not trying to sound cynical when I say this. Yeah. I'm just saying this is the industry that we're in. This is the business that we're in. If you've mm-hmm. got something successful, surely surely you're going to use that to get more money out of the people who love that. And that's the way all media has worked for the last 20 years. It's how we're sold advertising. It's how people voted one way or another in Mm -hmm. elections all over the world. You know, and and this is not rocket science data. It's the best-selling game. Give us more. I mean, I would argue for that. I want more. I don't mind, you know, take my money. I love this. I want this game. I want more of it. I will always want more of it. Be, you know, I want Nintendo to be a bit more cynical and ruthless. Exploit me because I like this stuff, you know? But it's like they seem to do it in areas, right? Like you said, like there's a bunch of games that were like Game Boy Advance games and they're coming back, like they're bringing back Advance Wars or whatever. It's like, all right, fantastic. But like, and again, like, look, I, you know, I like Splatoon as much as the next person. Maybe not as much. I like Splatoon, though. I, yeah. I, I, I think it's um, genuinely like an, an excellent addition to Nintendo's overall IP. Like, I, I was not sold on it when I first saw it, but I've, I always enjoy playing those games. And so, like, yeah, great, Splatoon three. But like, but like Mario Kart, though. You know, like it really. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. I, I, I don't get it. Like, I, it's what I really don't understand. If I'm not mistaken, also a, a proper like 2D Mario game. The one that we got on the Switch, wasn't that also a remaster of a Wii U game? The new Super Mario mm-hmm. Bro, Bros. Deluxe something? Like that was also a remaster. So it's also been a while mm-hmm. since we last saw a new original 2D Mario game. Or just 
any. A Mario game? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like we had Odyssey, but Odyssey came out at the same Four time. Four years ago. Yeah, but yeah. I think what, what could be fair to say, though, is like Odyssey was an actual Switch game. Yes. Right? Where Zelda yeah. was both, right? So maybe, you know, maybe they need a bit more time with Mario, and I would understand that. Like, I would love, I always want a new Mario game, but I'm not, I'm not like, all right, come on, like, where's the follow up to Odyssey, like I am to some of the other games? Um, but yeah, it really I, I, it boggles my mind that they don't have something for Mario Kart. Anyway, to be honest, uh, I was excited about it. It's fine. But from a uh, bigger level, from a discuss on this show kind of level, Microsoft had, I mean, forget it, Microsoft had the best show at E3, in my opinion. I think so. Um, yeah. Because they had, they had kind of everything. Um, it wasn't just the games. They have a very clear strategy now. So one of the key things for Microsoft's presentation is it was a double headliner with Bethesda. And I think that in and of itself is an interesting statement to kind of show what that was it, nine billion dollars or whatever, like that's serious, right? Like they consider Microsoft considers Bethesda almost, if not this in similar importance to Xbox, right? Like, the, 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 they put them on a level footing here. Um, and we'll get into the specifics of it, but clearly the big story for Microsoft's uh, E3 presentation was Game Pass. They had 30 games in their presentation. 27 of them will be on Game Pass. And I think, for my memory pretty much all of them day one of their release. Um, I think that it, you know, we knew this, we knew how important Game Pass was to Microsoft, we knew how important it was becoming, but this presentation, I think the final kind of bricks in the wall of their strategy became clear. You could see why, why did they spend so much money on Bethesda? Uh, Because Bethesda has two new IPs that will be not only exclusive to Xbox, but both on Game Pass. Like, those two games, so Starfield and Redfall, people will either A, buy Xboxes for them, or B, sign up to Game Pass for them. And yeah. as well as all of this stuff, like, that, all more pieces are falling, right? They're going to make an app for smart TVs and other connected mm-hmm. devices. That's an xCloud app. And you'll be able to play xCloud yep. streaming games on older Xboxes. So an Xbox yep. One will be able to play. So, And you will get Xbox Series X performance from those streaming games. Yep. Because I believe they're also switching their server they infrastructure are. to have better... From um, S to X. Right? From so, S to X. Yep. In, in, so, you know, and it's, mm. it's not as simple as like they're just plugging in a bunch of Xbox Series X's, but it's like the performance that you will get, you know, if you have a good enough connection. Yeah. But the the point really, it's like the X Cloud is great, and that's one thing. But then you know, the, actually having the games on Game Pass is the other. And this just seemed this this presentation for me was an absolute masterstroke in clearly and concisely getting across why you want an Xbox in a way that I think Microsoft have not done 
since maybe the 360. Like they very clearly showed you and told you why you want to own an Xbox and why you want to own one on a subscription. And like now, like you can see even more, like you don't even need to pay for an Xbox anymore, right? You right. just get the subscription and the Xbox is yeah. included. It's incredible. Shahid, did that, what I'm saying, am I being too hyperbolic? Do, do you think, again, that that tracks? Well, I don't think you're being too hyperbolic. I think uh, I'm surprised at um, how hyperbolic you are for you, mm. but because you're not usually one who's prone to hyperbole. I've never heard you so excited about something but you're not wrong you know we, we you're right we've talked about it on the show for about what a year before yeah yep. the launch and we were talking about how it was patently clear that in buying up all the studios that way they were buying up they were preparing for a content portfolio that was going to be unmatched now it seems to me like they're very happy to be playing the long game and I think that must have come about because from the very top, they got indications that gaming was going to be an absolute cornerstone of Microsoft's business overall. And, and that does seem to be the case because you can only make these kind of long-term strategic decisions about buying studios, aligning behind an impressive catalogue. And continuing to build on that year after year, no matter what happens in the hardware space, if you've got that kind of strategic and corporate backing at the very highest level, that's exactly what's happened here. We're beginning to see the fruit. And although at first you could easily look at the lineup coming this year and say, well, it's a little bit light. You look at 2022 and it's spectacular. Yeah. I mean, Starfield, Stalker 2, Final Fantasy Origin, and Red loads Ford. more. And yeah. loads more. Exactly. And, you know, I'm thinking just one of those games, if Starfield is anything like as good as it seems, because there's not a lot to go on, but frankly, you know, I, I'm sold on what there is. If it's anywhere near as good, I will switch from my Series S to a Series X. I'll get a Series X just to play that. And I think mm. those people who are really committed to games, if suddenly you start to see games that are ordinarily second tier and that's not an insult by the way second tier nowadays means triple a right if a second tier game compared to the likes of fifa and cod in terms of exposure and um revenue sticks its head above the parapet and starts to challenge those absolute top tier games that's reason enough for people who love their games to buy a device yep you know, you'll do it in a heartbeat because that's all it takes. People talk about the kind of games that will sell systems, you know, and they only need one. It doesn't take a lot. It's not like they need the entire lineup, but their strategy, I think, in buying all of these studios was one of these guys is likely to break the ceiling and emerge with something that will give Game Pass absolutely unbelievable value and value that nobody else can match it's not just a thought i had x cloud on playstation why not microsoft I mean, would do it there have been rumors of x cloud coming to the switch for months now i mean it, ultimately it's just like netflix 
you know, and they, all these things have Netflix, Apple TV, they're all on it. I mean, I think Microsoft would do it because clearly Microsoft, what they want is the recurring monthly revenue. Like that's their mm-hmm. thing. And they are going at it so aggressively because at the moment, no one can even touch them. So own it, right? They're going to, they're like almost away. Like we're going to let this whole generation go as well because we're going far into the future now. Like the next thing in gaming is subscriptions, whether it's streaming or just subscriptions and you download your game or whatever. And as of right now, Microsoft seems like the only company that has a compelling plan, right? Like, I think so. this is the plan. This is it. And they're doing it. I think it. so. It's interesting you say that. I don't think they're the only company with a compelling plan, but I do think they're the company with the best long-term plan. That's a better way of putting it, for sure. So, for example, PlayStation have a plan. Their plan is the absolute best software on the best hardware today, right? And you look at their software offering and the likes of Ratchet and Clank, Returnal, whatever Which, else they're the going to bring out. Oh good. my God, Ratchet and Clank is friggin' <laughs> incredible. It's very oh good. Oh my it God, is, right? so good. This the is, is the first for me yeah. next generation game. I, I have, have never agree. seen a video game look so good. It's spectacular, Unbelievable. Right? And the thing is, you would not be able to play that today on any other system you would not get that performance. You would not get that fidelity on any other system. But Microsoft aren't worried about today, as you absolutely wonderfully put, Mike. They're not worried about today. Now, this is why I have a lot of respect for them, because they're going for something long-term. They seem to have committed for it long-term. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Even Nintendo have a strategy of sorts. You know, the, Mm. the best video games, the ones that people love the most, and I don't care about the hardware. The hardware's just got to be quirky enough that people still buy it. So the two IP, um, Starfield is the one we know the least about. Uh, and this was one which, I mean, this this has been rumored for a while. Um, it's space-based. Seems like some kind of exploration in space. Do you get No Man's Sky vibes from what you Big saw time. I did? Big yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, go for it, right? Like, but why also, kind of like for all mankind, kind of vibes from it. Like, yes, the idea definitely, of, yeah, like, yeah. definitely, yeah, yeah. It's got yeah. that feel to it. Redfall, um, we found out way more about it. It's coming sooner. It's coming in the summer of 2022. This is a vampire-focused kind of Left mm-hmm. for Dead. Like, there are like four or five games that are like Left for Dead that are coming out in the next couple of years, which is just kind of hilarious. Um, <laughs> you know, like co-op yeah, back or for not. Blood. Yeah, like there's a there's a bunch of these games. Um, this one looks really cool. I love the art style and yes. the, the the design looks really cool. Is this looked like a very fun game? Um, it's interesting how different these two games are. I think in their approach, what they're going to be right. Like Starfield feels like this big expansive thing. Maybe you play it on your own primarily. And Redfall, I think primarily is going to be a co op game. These are, as we mentioned, exclusive to Microsoft. And there's been quite a bit of pushback on this, especially Red uh, Starfield. And it's kind of one of the things where you understand why some people might be upset about it. But at the same time, what did you expect, right? Like when Microsoft bought Bethesda, who thought re- realistically that Bethesda's next big title was going to be on PlayStation? Like, 
that wasn't going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that Mm -hmm. was that. I mean, I think maybe some people kind of looked at Minecraft and hoped it would be like that, right? Where Minecraft is still available everywhere. But their strategy was different then. Um, And it was almost like, in a way, like Microsoft bought Minecraft and Xbox bought Bethesda, right? Like, it's, in a way, is kind of how it yes. feels, right? Of like, who who is owning this and what are they getting it for? Um, and so, like, I get it, right? Like, if you are a PlayStation player, you're not going to get Starfield now, but I also can't play Ratchet and Clank on my Xbox. So, like, this is just how it goes, right? I don't, I don't really know what to say to people. Yeah. I really want Starfield. It, I'm I'm really intrigued. I'm very intrigued. I'm more intrigued yeah. about this than say Fallout or uh, Elder Scroll. Like it's just more kind of my bag. I think like mm-hmm. space and science fiction than yes. um uh the kind of like fantasy or whatever mm-hmm. or post apocalyptic. Uh, Forza Five. That is yes. a game coming this year, coming in November. Uh, on Game Pass. Oh my god, it looks amazing. Of course, it's on Game Pass. <laughs> uh, based in Mexico. Yes. One. It looks really fun. I mean, it looks incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they they talked about like the the open world nature of it, the, the ray tracing that they've been able to add, um, all the sort of how they captured these very detailed scenes mm-hmm. in sort of these big, beautiful landscapes and how they reconstructed those with different uh, with uh, varying effects for different seasons and different weather conditions, right? All that sort of stuff you can see, yep. it's really beautiful. And you this take a look is going to be another like, hey, the next gen is here kind of games, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, this is one of those games that it, it's worth having a Game Pass subscription for. Like it, it makes for a fantastic demo of a, a demo of an Xbox. And yeah, I just I I'm gonna play this one single player because I really don't like racing other people online, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, it looks fantastic. There's a few other um, announcements from the uh, Microsoft uh, presentation that I wanted to mention. Yep, a Uden Chronicle. This is extremely my kind of game. So it's from the creators of Suikoden One and Two. So Suikoden is an old uh, Japanese RPG series where the, the sort of the, the twist of Suikoden was you can control not one, not two, not four, but dozens of characters. Like I believe in Suikoden 2, you could take control of 108 characters maybe. And there were like all these in, in sort of like complex storylines that would intertwine in the game. Um, yeah, multiple story paths, something, something similar was um, done again a couple of years ago by Octopath Traveler. Do you remember that game on the yeah. Switch? Yeah, yeah, um, that's the really beautiful looks, one. Yes, and this one, a Euden Chronicle, it kind of looks like that. So I think graphically speaking, it also kind of looks like Octopath Traveler. Well, this was a Kickstarter game. Yeah, but it's coming out in 2023, I think. Uh, and there's maybe going to be like a, like a smaller game of this new series next year and the full game in 2023. Um, Psychonauts 2, Made by Double Fine Studios. Isn't Double Fine also like an Xbox property now? Yes. I think it is, right? Yes. Um, this looks also like it looks incredible. I remember the original game on PS2. It looks, Psychonauts 2, it looks like a Double Fine game. It's colorful and, and wild. It looks like a circus, really. It's, I don't know how to describe it. Like you look at the trailer of this game, 
and you're like, yeah, uh, this doesn't look like anything I've ever played. It's a double fine game. Uh, and it's out in August, end of August on Game Pass, August 25. Hey, Federico. Yes. You know, you mentioned Sukoden. Yes. Did I ever tell you how close I came to having that announced for Vita? No way. Really? <laughs> it was going to be announced. Oh, you and should, Jim, you Ryan, tell... <laughs> Jim Ryan was going to announce it. And I was in the hotel room the morning of the announcement. And a representative called me and said, no, we've decided not to go ahead. Oh, no. We had to, we had to pull it from Jim's script. Wow. No Yeah, way. it was that close. It was that close. I, I got it all done. You know, they'd agreed to it. Yeah, definitely. We had a couple of developers lined up to do the port. And uh, it was going to come to Vita. And then someone from Konami called and said, no, sorry, we've, we can't go ahead. It was that close. Anyway, anyway, back to E3 2021. Can I, <laughs> can I just say, I don't know if like this is like bad to say, Psychonauts doesn't... Uh, <laughs> graphically, uh-huh. it looks rough to me. It- it's kind of. It looks rough. It looks like N64 or something. It no, looks it doesn't. Rough. No, come on. It doesn't look like an so N64. Visually, yeah, come on, no. visually, a treat, right? Like, yes. Incredible color. But like. Doesn't have a lot of polygons. Yeah, it looks like it's just like they <laughs> forgot a bunch of them. Right? I don't, I don't mean to be mean, but like, it does. It looks like. If it was on the Switch, I would be a bit like, oof, double fine. You forgot some stuff there. I think they're going for the sort of like the Nintendo approach of like, let's make up for it in art style. And also, I'm sure the gameplay is great, right? And like, here's the thing. I do not have any particular nostalgia for Psychonauts. So maybe like, if you do, you might be like, hey, yeah, that's the game I know, right? And like, you're excited about that. I was watching um, all of these E3 presentations. I didn't actually watch the the videos from the companies. I was watching them via Kind of Funny. They were doing streams a lot. Right. And what I found interesting here is like games I don't really know a lot about. I was finding stuff about them based on the reactions and the commentary that was going on from the presenters of the of the streams and like everyone seemed super jazzed about psychonauts right so like um you know like maybe this if this is for you you're like really into it but i was kind of like i don't get it it looks Mm -hmm. weird i don't know it's yeah yeah that's fine um lastly i just wanted to mention uh flight simulator now obviously this is not a new game uh, it came out on pc last year everyone was raving about this game last year now it's coming next month uh, to Xbox. I still do not know how they are going to handle like th- this game just crunches through PCs. I don't know how it's go- how they are making it work on consoles. Well, I think uh, I have a Series X, I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but on the Series S, I'm really curious to see how that plays there. Uh, it just looks I mean obviously it's going to be on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that looks... you could pre-install it by the way. I loved all that stuff. Yeah, cuz it's yeah. massive. It's too. a massive game. Yeah. And I mean, but there were gosh, a whole load looks... of games, weren't there, on Game Pass? They, they, you can pre install this, pre install that. I, I can't even remember all the games I pre installed straight away. They're doing the opposite as well. So you'll be able to use xCloud streaming on an Xbox Series S or X to try out a game before you install it. Oh. 
No, that's nice. Right? So like, I like that. You're like, oh, I want to try out this game. You'll just use the streaming version. And then if you want it, you install it to your Xbox. I like that. It just looks so stunning. Like this game, it looks so peaceful. It's fantastic. It's And it's also surprisingly fun because if you're not good at it, like me, uh, you, you like crash a lot. It's, it's fun. Like I, I, I played it a bunch um, on my PC and I enjoy it. It's like a fun mm-hmm. game to play every now and then. It's very chill. Kind of like yeah. um, Sea of Thieves, by the way, which... Mm, yes. I'm really happy they're continuing. Like they're they're pushing on with that game. Like they've done the inevitable, and I'm pleased for them. Crossover with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Like, of yeah. course, it makes yeah. a lot of sense, and that's like I think that's available now. Can Can I just mention two extra things from mm-hmm. the Square Enix presentation? Oh, yeah, I okay. just I I need to mention at least two of them. So the first one is Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. So this <laughs> this is a kind of a funny one because so Square Enix has been um, remastering old Final Fantasy games for other consoles, including mobile devices, for ages now. Like they've been releasing mobile ports of Final Fantasy games for a decade, but over the past few years, they have been doing this weird thing, especially with like f- titles like Final Fantasy V and VI, I believe, where they took the original game with SNES graphics and they um, switched in new 2D sprites for the characters that looked super weird and like out of place. And so many people complained about that. And they are now sort of like listening to the audience and saying, okay, well, you know what? We are going to actually remaster the games again, but this time we'll shoot for pixel fidelity. So we will not change the original sprites and the original graphics, but we will keep the pixel style of them and we will release them individually as well as as a compilation. This is going to include all the Final Fantasy games from Final Fantasy 1 to 6. And it's these are coming to mobile devices as well as PC for now. No word on a console version. And I just think it's so funny that they could have just fixed this years ago. Just take the original game, <laughs> upscale the resolution, whatever, and leave it as is. Like, don't touch the graphics. But instead, they went in, they did that weird sort of m- modern 2D update for the characters and mm-hmm. just the characters... And everyone complained, and now they figured out a way to say, well, you know what? Forget about that remaster. We'll make a new one, and we're going to call it the Pixel Remaster. (laughs) Okay, sure, Square Enix. Thank you. Um, So that was funny. And the other weird thing that I kind of wanted to mention at the end of the show, Mike, have you seen Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin? No. So this is the game that everyone was sort of memeing on Twitter. Is this the, the dude? Just like the regular guy and everyone's really upset about it? Okay. dude in the black t-shirt yeah. that in the trailer just says, I need to kill chaos. <laughs> like he repeats this line over and over. Like... It's a, it's a dude that shows up in a, black, in a plain black t-shirt 
right? And it just and it just starts saying, "I need to find chaos. Where's chaos? I need to kill chaos." And and so this was like an instant meme on Twitter. Polygon also wrote about it. I think a lot of people made fun of these games kind of unfairly. I mean, it was a bad trailer for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's actually like a Final Fantasy action game made with Team Ninja of all developers. And there's a demo that you can play right now. And it actually looks pretty fun. And like, it, it's an action, you know, from, from the makers of Ninja Gaiden, I mean, you know that the combat is going to feel good. It's just that the trailer was kind of funny and the graphics, like there were, I saw a few memes on Twitter of people taking the screenshot of the dude with the black t-shirt and making a fake um, PlayStation 3 video game box with it because the graphics kind of look like a PS3 game. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, just go watch the trailer and listen to the dude saying, I need to find chaos, worse chaos, I need to kill chaos. Uh, It's... It's amusing. It's definitely one of my top moments from E3. 